BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Trigger warning. The following episode contains descriptions of graphic violence and adult language. Viewer discretion is advised. I'm Danielle. I'm Max. And each Wednesday, we crack open a bottle of wine and dive into some thrills, chills, and spills. This is Innocent Till Tipsy. So I don't know if you guys heard, but we have launched our own Patreon. Yay. And honestly, like if you're just hearing about it now, then you're late to the game because people that are patrons of our Patreon, they're getting this on Monday and you're getting this on Wednesday. Yeah. So if you want to come over, you're going to be getting ad-free content, early episodes, along with some backstage content. And we do live Q&As weekly. Oh, I love talking with you guys. I'm so excited because we have so much that we talk about after an episode. Uh, and you guys have such great comments on Instagram, on YouTube. So it's just like the perfect place to meet up with you. It is. And if you follow me on TikTok, I do a lot of true crime and stuff on there. But I usually can't share a bit of my life on there because I just don't feel like everybody knows me. They just know my content. So I'm excited to have Patreon and be able to share going to the theme parks with you guys or just uh, like normal stuff between us that we do as friends. So I hope you guys come over and yeah, come hang out with us, build a community with us. And we'll be so excited to have you. But even if you can't afford to join, no worries. You can still follow us and kind of get alerts on what we've got going on on that page as well. Yeah. Just create your Patreon account and you can follow us and then you're getting, you're getting these updates. So join us there. Yeah. Well, we hope to see you there. Wanted to talk to you today about another multi-million dollar lawsuit that Johnny Depp was in, in the early two thousands until the person that sued him and four other business partners, because no tabloid puts that in. They just say that it was just Johnny Depp, but it wasn't, it was four other (laughs) business partners. He went missing. This guy that sued them went missing. He's now I've heard bits and pieces of this. So I'm really excited to like learn actually about this. (laughs) So yeah, he's just gone. There's widespread rumors on what happened to him. Many believe that his body may still reside in the very place that they own together, the infamous Viper room. Mm. And is Mm -hmm. it still there? Like it's not um can you can't go in it anymore? It's like closed, but no, still there. It's scheduled. I think it's still open. Actually, I looked at their website. There's different rumors on what's going on. So I looked at their website and they still look like they have scheduled shows and everything for right now. But as of 2023, it is scheduled for demolition and it's going to be replaced supposedly with a hotel tower along with a club and some retail shops as well. But I don't know. It still seems like it's in limbo of what's going to happen to it. We got to go. I know. I feel like it's so, oh my gosh, it'd be so much fun. I feel like it's so sad that, like, I feel like it's a piece of history. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like Hollywood history. So I'm like, it's so sad that it's going to be gone. Um, but yeah, and people don't only just believe that Anthony Fox is buried there, um, this business partner of Johnny Depp's, but they believe that his own phantom like haunts the viper room there's many ghost stories of what's going on in the viper room and i thought it would be a good little taste of spooky season because literally according to the bartenders there they'll get a call and it'd be a man on the other end of the phone saying hey it's me 
but what if it's click. you? It's, it's Danielle. Yeah, hey, it's <laughs> me. Are you open? It's me. <laughs> See if you're still there. Um, well, that's like everything that we're interested in, like Johnny Depp, Hollywood, ghosts, ghosts. Like, it's got, got it all. It's got it all. True got crime. it all. Lost you. And lots of true crime. So it is one of the oldest buildings on um, Sunset Boulevard, actually. So, and that's another thing. It's like huh. a historic um, piece of old Hollywood. So it's located in Los Angeles on Sunset Boulevard. And originally it was a grocery store in the 1920s. Which I've seen it. I've walked by it. And you I have? Like, I got to get, I was like, I was beelining for pizza actually across the street. I'm like, yeah, there it is. Cool. Got to get some pizza. So I wish I would have like spent more time now that it's going to be like demolished. I'm going to have to go before we'll have to go before. So. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see, I want to physically like, since there's see, actually like a show, yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. Have a drink. Um, but the ownership and the name of the Viper room, it has changed like over the years. So after being a grocery store in the 1940s, it was finally con converted into a nightclub. It was called the cotton club. And then at one point it changed its name to the last call. Now that was before the last call was closed in 1951 because of a new law that forbade lewd and indecent shows. <laughs> I don't know what kind of shows were going on there, but apparently they were there. lewd and indecent. Um, and nearly two decades after that, it would be called Melody Lounge. Now this was rumored to serve as an illicit gambling spot for local gangsters. No, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the cool. likes of which Bugsy Siegel and M Mickey Cohen would visit this. Yes. How cool. But, it's not good history. Mm -hmm. Good history. But publicly, it was just known as a jazz bar that those gangsters just rumored like to visit. And I think just playing out there. Yeah. And Mickey Casually. Cohen's own. Yeah. Where he would do his like business in the basement. It was like a block away from where the Viper room was. So I just I thought it was very Ooh. interesting. Mm hmm. From there, it turned into a bar called Filthy McNasties. <laughs> <laughs> meet me at Filthy McNasties. Like, like how do you even? <laughs> and then it was the Central, which was owned by Anthony Fox, until mm -hmm. Johnny Depp went into business with him, and they partnered together and opened it as the Viper Room. Um, this would turn into one of the biggest young Hollywood hotspots of the mm -hmm. 90s. It was reopened on August 14th, 1993. Keep that date in your mind because um, we're going to be talking about a couple dates here. And I feel like so we're going to be going back and forth between Anthony. His name was Tony. So I keep I find when I've read through the script, I keep like referring to him differently. So if you hear me talk about Tony, it's Anthony, Johnny Depp's business partner. But the central was a bar where a lot of rock stars like to visit in a time that grunge was on the rise. Yeah. In the 90s, if you remember that. Yep. So Johnny really wanted a place where people could just come and relax and listen to music that he liked. And it was a great spot because, well, when it opened, he opened with Tom, Pet Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers playing opening night. <laughs> um, so and if you could, yeah, <laughs> if you could get in, you could let your hair down as young Hollywood because it was one of the only places in the world where the crowd was probably more famous than the band playing. It's so it, nuts to think about old Hollywood at that time or any time. Cause like there's so many hot spots that are right there where like bands got their starts, mm -hmm. like whiskey, a go goes right there. Rainbow rooms right there. Viper rooms right there. Like they're all within walking, walking distance, distance of each other. And you're like mm -hmm. so much history here. So that's awesome. Isn't yeah. That's it? crazy too. And you'd be like, uh, rubbing shoulders with celebrities that are oh, now yeah. like super, super A-listers. 
Oh yeah. It had, that's not, mm -hmm. and it's small. Like you've seen it. So mm -hmm. it only Everything holds about there small. Yeah. It only holds about 250 people. And like the regulars included Jennifer Aniston, Lisa Marie Presley, J Presley, excuse me, Jared Leto, Christina Applegate, Angelina Jolie, Rosario Dawson, Toby Maguire, and Leonardo DiCaprio, just to like oh, name cool. a few people. I know Christina Applegate and her friends would host a weekly burlesque show there <laughs> called that's the so Pussycat cool. Dolls. <laughs> And for a while, you could find Counting Crows frontman Adam Duritz bartending because he was just trying to get away from his own fame. That's so I know. cool, isn't it? Wednesday nights became theme nights at the Viper Room. They were called Mr. Magoo's, or excuse me, Mr. Moo's Adventure, which was named after Johnny Depp's dog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you never knew what you were in for those nights. It might be women in prison nights where the VIP booths turned <laughs> into prison cells. The club might be converted into an airplane where there was aluminum foil on the black walls. Oh, yeah. How and, cool. Mm -hmm, but because of who was running it, money wasn't an option. And these events were money losers. It wasn't the goal. Like money was not the goal. So this may be what led to Tony's sudden disappearance. Huh. But before I know, before we dive into that and what happened to this horrible partnership between Johnny and Tony, that was very, it seemed back and forth. Let's talk about the wine we have today. <laughs> okay. We do have some good wine. Um, today, what we have is Jen Pfeiffer rocket like a redhead. So, mm -hmm. um, pick this, this is from our friends at naked wine again. Um, love a good Merlot. So this is actually from Australia. Um, Jen Pfeiffer is Australia's former young winemaker of the year. So it's supposed to be pretty good. I haven't, we haven't had a Merlot for a while, so I'm excited to try this today. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've looked at many, many pictures of her. I honestly can't get to the bottom of this. I think she's a redhead. So I think oh. that's why she, because mm. in like her videos and stuff, she's like rocket like a redhead and she seems pretty fiery too, which is awesome. So, um, this is, I'm excited to try it and we're trying the same thing. So yes, we are. Your glass. <laughs> Yay. Oh, I like your spooky glass. Very Thank cool. you. Cheers. Mm -hmm. Cheers. No, I'm not going right. to lie. I did crack into it last night because <laughs> I was out of wine and I was like, oh, I have this. Um, I loved it. I was like, this is so good. So I'm like glad it. to be drinking it again this morning. <laughs> this morning. It's good morning wine. Mm -hmm. What do you taste? Anything specific you got? It's not overbearing with the berries, which is nice because I am not a big very person and i was concerned about that with the red <laughs> yeah hmm. uh, and with merlot because it was called mm -hmm. a merlot with muscle is what she calls it so i was like oh god it's gonna be overpowering um mm -hmm. so i am pleasantly surprised as well yeah it's supposed to be like blackberry pie but get this okay mm -hmm. so i know we always say like oh red meat blah 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 get this food match okay they're like yada yada lasagna herb crusted pork schnitzels then she's like or a seared kangaroo fillet oh <laughs> you eat kangaroo do they do that is that a thing so um, yeah yeah mm -hmm. i i know they're not like an endangered species but they're just so like rare and foreign to us that i was like you eat those you can eat a kangaroo okay so this goes good with your kangaroo filet <laughs> um, but yeah that's that was funny to me they're nasty you know kangaroos yeah i bet they're mean um mm -hmm. 
I love how my, okay, so I haven't been able to get my hair done for a while now. Um, I have it rescheduled for this weekend, um, but you, it looks like I'm blending in with my, <laughs> yeah, your I have no hairline. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Anyways. <laughs> so in researching this, I read an article on the Viper Room that I just, I can't get out of my head. It's ridiculous. It said that Johnny Depp was at the height of his fame in the early 90s. Uh, well, no. they didn't write that this year, did they? <laughs> I'm, I was like, try again. Absolutely not. Oh, he not. had almost become a heartthrob in the 1980s from starring in the show 21 Jump Street. I don't know if you remember that at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but he didn't like that label at all, didn't want that label at all. And he started, well, he tried desperately for years to get out of that contract with 21 Jump Street. He did not want to be there. And as we said in part one of the Narcissist Tales, he didn't even want to be an actor. He wanted to right? be in a band. <laughs> he was just doing this to pay the bills. So to get away oh, from nice. this image, he started taking those like really obscure roles like Edward Scissorhands, Benny and yeah. June, Ed Wood, and my favorite Don Juan DeMarco. But I'd say Johnny Depp didn't hit the height of his fame until Captain Jack Sparrow. I would like, say that. Yeah, I would yeah. say that like, well, modern, like people now know him for that. So I'd say that's the height of his mm -hmm. fame. And every time you talk about Edward Scissorhands forever, I'm going to have that, that Amber Heard clip of like, she convinced <laughs> the world that he, he convinced the world that he had scissors for hands. I'm like, uh, did he know? The man? <laughs> <laughs> this is the craziest clip I've ever seen. <laughs> I just can't and, ever unhear that. I and actually she's so sincere about it. Like, oh, she's so sincere about it. So yeah, yeah. And I, I did add in here. By the time Johnny Depp took ownership of the Viper Room, he was known for very well for one thing, um, partying, which is something Amber Heard's <laughs> lawyers apparently knew nothing about since they kept asking him a million trillion times during that freaking court case. They're like, you do drugs. Yes. <laughs> How did you not know Johnny Depp did drugs and drank? Like, I don't understand. That whole time. Were you Pour yourself a mega pint and buckle up? Oh, seriously. Like, when was he not on something? Good night. But this was also during his Kate Moss era, which was so weird to me because looking at Johnny Depp, like when I knew him, um, it was for Captain Jack Sparrow. And by that point in time, yeah. he was already a father. He had already moved to France. He already became very private. So it was weird for me to look at this chapter of his life where I he still wasn't like a public persona. I just think it's funny that he like was partying so much and everything when like I knew him, I guess. Like it was like his quiet era. <laughs> his, I'm a dad he was like now raging era. in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he was still doing drugs, but quietly at home. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, the reason Johnny Depp purchased the Viper Room was he'd been looking for an underground place to play music and hear music. Um, and he wanted to hear rock music. He was friends with Chuck E. Weiss. Do you know who that is? No. I didn't either. So, uh, but apparently Johnny Depp did. Johnny Depp was friends with him and he'd been playing for about 11 years at what would be the Viper Room um, with a band called the Goddamn Liars. So they had played every Monday night for over a decade. And a lot of people suspected that Johnny may have even just originally purchased the Viper Room just so he could continue to hear his <laughs> friend play, which honestly, looking at the way Johnny Depp spends his money. He probably did. He probably did. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's probably I really like this band. Mm. Just buy the whole damn place. 
Yeah. So the club was ran basically like a speakeasy. So it was where celebrities wouldn't feel like they were on display. That was his whole goal and the whole thing. And biggest rock stars were coming to perform in the small hole in the wall. Just like, you know, we were talking about earlier. They're all very small, but they're hosting these huge parties with like the biggest names um they didn't have to let anyone in they didn't want to because that capacity was so small so it was so popular because they all felt so protected and johnny could sit in his office watching the camera and letting the bouncers know who to let in and who not to let in how cool isn't it cool yeah so we also have to remember too what era this was in as well we're talking about the 90s this fame was starting to change so it was starting to change from being this thing that like was this byproduct of being famous and something that nobody really wanted to deal with and to like nowadays it's like the end goal for people you know what I mean yeah to be famous Mm -hmm. but then everybody was like dodging the paparazzi and you have to remember just a few years later princess Diana would be basically murdered by paparazzis following her so they were starting to become hounds we're also starting to get into the very beginning stages of the internet which would end up turning into those 2000s reality stars all of that kind of noise so it was important for young Hollywood to kind of have a safe space they could go to for these like party nights you know that they wouldn't be interrupted by fans or by paparazzi especially yeah and the viper room probably would have stayed underground if it wasn't for the death of river phoenix hmm. so, so what do you i know nothing share you don't know Ish. the death about i don't river know about Fe- this you don't know about any of this no what we've already we've already come to terms with i live under a rock when it comes to like hollywood stuff like i know about a lot of other obscure crimes not this so well i'm glad i went into it then because originally i was just going <laughs> to mention it because everybody talks about river phoenix's death uh, but then as i started looking into river i was like and you know joaquin yeah yeah, his yeah. Bro- that's his brother yeah, yeah so okay Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, no, I need to talk about this because they have a wild upbringing. So Mm. I know. Um, And he had a very short life. He only lived to 23. He died outside the Viper room at 23 years old. I know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So River, uh, horrifying. River Jude Phoenix was born August 23rd, 1970 in Oregon. He's the first of five siblings. So his mother was heaven that's what she's known as her legal name i can't even remember what it is but we'll we'll talk about her as my heaven uh, excuse me she goes by heart (laughs) there's a heaven later (laughs) there's a there's a lot of h's going on here so heart and john are his parents and when they had their daughter rain the family actually joined a cult called the children of god have you heard of the children Mm -hmm. of god okay no i don't think so no so they went on mission trips where they toured mexico puerto rico and south america 
And I, they got pretty high up in this church. Like John was even the archbishop of, I believe, Puerto Rico. I know. But this, this is cult- a wild upbringing in and of itself. I'm telling you. So this cult has, and this is way before there any of them are famous. So yeah. this cult has many allegations against them concerning encouraging sex with children. Ew. No. Yeah. So Vanity Fair actually said that River was raped at the age of four. And he actually spoke about it in Details Magazine. So I wanted to read you what he said. Let me zoom in here. I, I thought it was so, so, so sad. So... They ask him, is there anything that you did at an early age that you wish you would have waited for? And he says, yes, made love. They said, how old were you? He says, four. They said, with whom? Another four-year-old? He said, kids, but I've blocked it out. I was completely celibate celibate from 10 to 14. I haven't really had sex with many people, five or six. I've just fallen into relationships that were fulfilling and easily monogamous. You know, that's the way it is. Monogamy is monogamy until you screw someone else. That would mess you up, no doubt, for Mm -hmm. because, yeah, that's not consensual when you're four or ten. absolutely horrifying to kind of bring the mood up. I did want to say at the beginning of this article where he's being asked these questions, they did ask him, did you, did anyone warn you that it might be risky to play a gay character? Now, mind you, this is 1991. This article was released and he says, man, that's so stupid. (laughs) He seemed like he was, I watched a few interviews of his like, and I was like, this kid was awesome. He seemed like an awesome guy. He was known as the vegan James Dean. And his, um, <laughs> yeah, and he was very much into trying to save the world. Um, but Hart and John, before fame came or anything, they became very disillusioned by the church and its ever-evolving rules. They seemed to change constantly with how to be involved and everything. And there was also this practice that really bothered them called flirty fishing, which was a form of evangelism by sexual intimacy that was practiced. What? The and they're like, God. let me just preach to you? Yeah. So basically they said that you, they would utilize sex appeal in order to show the love of Jesus. That was their way of showing. Uh, mm. I think that's like one of the 10 commandments about like lust. So <laughs> this is so backwards. I, I grew up in purity culture. So I'm uh, like, yeah, that's this is like <laughs> opposite of what I okay. grew up in, but all right. Never read mm. that one in the Bible, but all right. Mm-mm. So the family would leave the church in 1977 and they moved back to the United States, actually like 30 minutes away from me in winter garden, Florida, which I thought was interesting. Oh. I know. So in 1979, the family then moved to Los Angeles after John had a spinal injury that left him without work hmm. and Hart became a secretary for an NBC broadcaster. And that would be where she would meet a high profile child agent named Iris Burton. So Iris soon scooped up River, Joaquin, and their sister Summer and Rain and proceeded to get the children into television commercials and bit parts. Hmm. But River's fame really took off after being featured in a film adaptation of a Stephen King novella titled Stand By Me. Probably no Stand By Me, right? Yeah. Oh, my God, Max. Sorry. (laughs) No, does not click. So that really send me these notes before so that I'm not like (laughs) always like, oh, I have no idea. No, I have no idea. I meant to send you this one. I will say Mm -hmm. that's why just sorry. Shameless plug. I'm so excited for our Patreon because after I hear these things for the first time, yes, I go and Google and I'm like, oh, my God, now we have so much to talk about. (laughs) 
I'm like, that's nuts. Okay, so yes, I will go Google all of this later. But yes, so Riverson became the breadwinner of his family, as we saw in a few episodes ago, Mm -hmm. child stars often do. And according to Samantha Mathis, who was his girlfriend at the time, the night that he died, he once said to her that he had to do one more movie to make enough to send his sister to college. Mm. It's so to worry about that. No, it's so much pressure. So many of River's friends also recalled that he had a lot of issues with drugs and alcohol. Reportedly, though, he would remain clean. But once he returned back to Los Angeles, he would usually go like relapse immediately. So River was not even supposed to be at the Viper Room the night that he died. October 30th was the night that he started heading over there. His girlfriend, Samantha, she thought they were just going to um, drop his siblings off. But... He mentioned to her that he was supposed to play with Johnny Depp's band called P. P? P. Just the letter P. P. Just the letter P, but it always makes me think of P. Um, Yeah, I mean, Johnny Depp, so I It's very Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) It's very Johnny. And that night, P, Fleetered Flea, that member of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes, yeah, yeah. So they wanted River to actually play with them because on top of being an extremely talented actor, River was also a musician. So he was just going to head in for a few minutes. But reportedly, River had gone up to Bob Forrest during the night's performance by P and told him, I don't feel well and I think I'm ODing. Mm -hmm. Bob told him. Now people know what to do, but like. Gosh, I don't know if I don't know if they could have saved him because they would find out that he had drank a speedball of heroin and cocaine dissolved into drink a drink. It? Yeah. Yeah. So it would it's a speedball what? is heroin, cocaine dissolved into an alcoholic beverage, and then he chased that with Valium. Uh that yeah, that sounds deadly. That sounds very deadly. And I don't know if he did. I can't believe know. that he was coherent, honestly. Like, well, yeah. So I don't like, know if that's insane I, to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he didn't know that that was like what was in his drink or like what, because there's varying stories of that evening. My mind, you were in a dark bar. Who knows kind of what's going on, but there's some reports that a drink was just slammed down in front of him and he just drank it. But I would think there'd be murder charges in that, or at least some kind of investigation in that. Right. Yeah. 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 But I mean, who knows? I, I it's mm-hmm. a club and it's the nineties and even now, how good a security camera? Like, yeah, I just feel like it's messy. Yeah. And like you said, so Samantha said she didn't um, see him take anything that night, but she said he was so high it made her uncomfortable. So at some point in time, a bouncer pushes him out of the club and onto the street. And I believe one of his siblings was with him at that point in time. Um, but he collapsed. Joaquin calls emergency services. He calls 911, and this would later be leaked to the press. And it's a horrifying 911 call. We won't put it in here because it's just Mm-mm. so exploitative, but it's um, it's horrifying. Like, I couldn't imagine. Like I put myself in Joaquin's shoes, and I could not imagine if it was my mm-hmm. brother. And Joaquin was only 19, so I don't even know how his younger siblings got into the club. Like River was the eldest. It's so oh, weird. How me. yeah, how any of them were in there except for River. Um, yeah. I want to know what they were famous or anything like that. Sorry. They weren't uber famous. No, but I, well, River at that point in time was pretty famous, but I, I just, I don't know. Garage style. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Hmm. 
Um, so when they arrived, River was still alive. However, a paramedic would later say that he was he was clinically dead, like by that point in time, like there was no way to get him back. He said it was a classic, at least cocaine o- overdose. Um, Flea actually rode in the ambulance with him to Cedar Sinai Hospital, Whoa. but every attempt to revive him was unsuccessful. He was pronounced dead at 1.51 a.m. on Halloween morning. He was just 23 years old. He'd only been in the club for about a half hour. Like, that's how fast this all happened. Uh, That's crazy and so, so sad that he knew that he was overdosed. Intentionally or unintentionally, but, like, that Mm -hmm. he knew he was, like, not He was dying. Yeah. 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 So after this, Johnny closed the club for two weeks. Um, Fans made the Viper Room door a shrine to River. And annually, out of respect to River, Johnny always closed the club on Halloween night for as long as he owned it until 2004. That's when he gave up his ownership. Yeah. At the time of his death, River was actually slated to begin work on Interview with the Vampire. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. Mm Oh my gosh. Sorry. It's spooky season. That's one of my favorites. Last week we found out like, or two weeks ago, I'm like struggling on all these things. Like (laughs) the trees and yeah, we got a lot. So, (laughs) so Christian Slater actually took over his role and would donate his entire salary from the film to two of river's favorite charities, earth save and earth trust. Oh, I know. Not pledge. Donate. So that was just like, remember, August was when they opened and then October. So it was just like a little over two months. Like it, it the club hadn't yeah. been open that long at all under Johnny's. way to start out. Too. Like, yeah. So after River's death, people began actually flocking to the Viper Room. This made it infamous. This is what the Viper Room is known for. Mm-hmm. It was more popular than ever. River um, wasn't the only like brush with death or i mean poor river pass but like that the viper room had on kate moss's 21st birthday party it almost ended in disaster jason donovan suffered a cocaine induced seizure he would later say that getting drugs at the viper room was as easy as ringing for room service this would be something that johnny depp denied he said when river passed away it happened to be at my club now that's very tragic. That's very sad. And they made it all a fiasco of lies to sell fucking magazines. They said he was doing drugs in my club and I allow people to do drugs in my club. Later, I came to terms with the fact that it had nothing to do with the club. And he was here a very short time. It had nothing to do with anything, really, except that he what he ingested was bad. And now there's nothing we can do. <sighs> like It's a club. I mean, now we know better, right? Like, it's a club. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like Johnny's like signing the <laughs> the bill for like drugs delivery or something but it's a club and also heroin and celebrities. At that point, yeah it's like yeah, a known yeah. thing and heroin at that point in time was actually an epidemic in Hollywood. So, mm-hmm. and I don't, that's the thing. I, I often talk to my brother about this, especially after the Demi Lovato documentary came out. I don't know if you watched that at all. Um, it was very upsetting. I think it was like a YouTube doc. Um, but her talking about how she went, you know, from what you would consider normal drugs to heroin. And I was just like, Ooh. I yeah. have never, like, I always feel like heroin's a death sentence. And then I wonder, like, you know how you hear about designer drugs and everything? Like, it makes sense to me that someone in Hollywood would be doing cocaine. Like, that's a higher class drug you think of. But I'm like, friggin' street heroin? Are you crazy? I, I just, to me, I'm like, whoa, how do we get I from think it's because we're educated D? on it now because of mm. the epidemic. And honestly, like, I feel like, I mean, no, I never like dabbled in drugs or hard drugs, obviously, but we know now, like, mm-hmm. no, 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 
heroin's mm-hmm. a hard drug. Like this is a no. Yeah. But I guess and- it makes sense there. Mm-hmm. Rod Stewart's son, Sean Stewart, would actually plead guilty later to possessing a controlled medication without a prescription outside the club. Lots of drugs coming in, yeah. now, but it's a club. So young right. Hollywood and drugs, you think they go hand in hand. So it's like it's hard to know to tell. But behind closed doors while the club was in operation, reportedly Johnny and his co-owner Anthony's relationship was growing more and more strained. Both were at, oh yeah, both were at each other's throats. Both thought the other was hiding money from the other or not pulling their weight in the club. At first, this was all done privately, but soon even patrons of the bar were taking sides in their feud. Of course they are. It's a small, it's a small club and bar. There's regulars. That beef is going to be aired. Absolutely. If you ever go to a bar regularly and you know the owners there and stuff, they, they will like, yes. That's crazy. I, and if you're, what, if the owner's Johnny Depp, you're just like sitting there letting him tell you it's beef. Yep. And in 1999, Tony made their feud official by filing this lawsuit against Johnny and the rarely mentioned four other partners in their company, Safe Safe in Heaven. It's uh, like a company. And I'll get into the, the yeah. logistics of that in a second. And this also included actor Sal Janko, who's not as like well known, but he did, he act with Johnny Depp in um, 21 Jump Street. So, okay. Johnny denied everything in this. He claimed that Tony wanted more of the pie than he had agreed to. But a judge in 2003 said the facts established persistent and pervasive fraud and mismanagement and abuse of authority. Depp abdicated his duties of loyalty and fidelity to the corporation and to the plaintiff's shareholder and failed to exercise any business judgment in respect to the affairs of SAFE. True. So Johnny did get. Yeah. We like know Johnny's about this business. Yeah, he was yeah. partying instead of working. Basically. Yeah, and this wasn't ever a money venture, venture like for him. Like I feel like for me, looking at it, Anthony had already owned the central, which was you know, and then Johnny went into business with him, and it's like this was fun for Johnny. I feel like, and I feel like if you're running this as an actual legitimate business, this would not be fun to work with Johnny on this. I feel like um, anyone that goes into business should like. It's like a marriage. Like you should know your business partner and yeah, it's always a business and that's why he sued him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he expected going into business <laughs> with Johnny Depp. Like, why is he surprised? Why is this a surprise? He's like, my business is failing. Can I do business with you? Oh, wait, it's your party place. Shoot. I thought we were going to make money. <laughs> um. Johnny's lawyer argued that he wasn't aware of any of the decisions made by his representatives, which, yes, we saw this happen in the Amber Heard debacle where he lost hundreds of thousands of dollars to his management team. They were stealing from him hand over fist. So this is nothing new with Johnny Depp. He was not watching his money. Um, Many took that statement, though, from the judge to mean that perhaps Tony would have won the court. Like it looked like it was Mm -hmm. going in Tony's favor if he hadn't gone missing. Which brings me to the deal that they made when they met in 1993 and they met at the club. So remember, he owned the central, decided to go into business together. Johnny took 51% of Safe in Heaven Productions, Mm -hmm. which I think is he became their chief executive for an unknown sum. But get this, reportedly he outbid Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) and paid 300K reportedly. But I tried to find more on their corporation Safe in Heaven. 
But when I Googled anything concerning heaven and Johnny Depp, I just keep bringing up articles from Christians about how we're to pray for Johnny Depp and Amber <laughs> during the trial. <laughs> oh, yeah, I so, love Google. If you would like to pray for Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, there are resources out there. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Tony agreed to this and a salary of $800 a week, which I feel like is. They're letting like in celebrities, dude. Isn't that like the cover for five of them? Like <laughs> That's like one, ta- like one half of one table. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm like, I feel like this was going to end in a, a lawsuit. No way about it. Because I'm like, you kind of got gypped there. I, I don't know. I don't know. But um, supposedly, rumor has it from the documents and everything, he wasn't receiving this weekly salary by the end oh, of the day. We didn't get well. his $800 a week? And no, supposedly from the court documents that were filed. Gotcha. So there's a lot going on here. Um, and one of the business partners, I believe it was Sal, had already tried to buy Tony out. So I feel like they all just wanted him gone. Like he was he was the smart one of the group that was like, we need to work. Well, maybe because he also had financial problems, which we're going to get into. But yeah, it wasn't succeeding with, before. No. And outright. he had a lot of financial debacles, which is why I don't think that one statement by the judge is enough to say that he would have won this because he had a, lo- a lot of issues as well. Tony did. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It was set to go to court end of 2001. But according to reports, Tony disappeared just a day before he was supposed to testify against Johnny and the four other people. So a lot of tabloids, it was very hard to find a reliable source on this. A lot of tabloids are like, did Johnny Depp murder this guy? And it's like, well, we're jumping a lot of that's a jump. (laughs) (laughs) Especially since Johnny would end up giving all of his shares of the company to Tony's daughter after he went missing. Oh, wow. So I'm like, I feel like if he killed him in order to keep the safe in heaven, he wouldn't give it up. Yeah. He wouldn't give all his shares to his daughter in 2004. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, yeah, not much is known about Tony's disappearance because of this. I feel like it's not even really being reported on because so many people are like jumping to, I can't believe this happened. And then here's five other things about the Viper room that you didn't know happened. So no one's really like reporting on this one event. Which is yeah. Just, they like, just like say it. They and want that clickbait. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. What we do know, a few days before his disappearance, he spent the day with his daughter, Constance, for her 17th birthday. Nothing out of the normal, according to friends and family that were there. He made plans, actually, with family, and he wrote a letter to his mother that we'll touch on here shortly. He left a few thousand dollars in his bank account, too, after disappearing, and he never touched it. That always tells me that, like, oh, he's gone. Possibly didn't run. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. I don't know why why you would assume yeah no one's heard from him and his money hasn't moved so yeah yikes yeah also missing was his pickup truck and a 38 caliber revolver his truck would be found 19 days after his disappearance on january 6 2002 since his disappearance a court ordered for the dissolution of safe in heaven and by that point in time johnny had already moved to france he'd already um established his partnership obviously with vanessa paradis had been dating her for a while and they had their first child lily rose depp um which by the way i don't know if you got my photos but if take a look at yeah. vanessa paradis i don't know if you've seen lily rose his daughter she's an actress and a model now but yeah i've my- seen her Gosh. I think she was in like a Chanel ad or something recently. I saw. Yeah. So. Vanessa looks, they look identical. Yeah, they absolutely do. That's so nuts. I so can't get nuts. over it. 
I will never get over it. It's so funny. I was actually talking with someone about it at the trial and they said, no, I think she looks more like her dad. And I'm like, no, I, I she's spitting image of Vanessa. Spitting I can get why you like, oh, like her dad until you see her mom. And you're like, oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like sisters. Yeah. Yeah. I well, I mean, it. like, it's like a time capsule, right? Like she looks like her mom, like of that time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So suspicions in the tabloids are going crazy. And someone that was supposedly Tony's friend, although I always get suspicious, but she said this and I wanted to put it in just because you just never know who's yeah. friends, who's not friends. Anyways, Loose says, friends. I, mm-hmm, I believe if Tony hadn't filed the suit, he would be here today. The timing is so suspicious. Tony was about to win that lawsuit, but before he got his day in court, he vanished. There are so many questions and no answers. And I don't know how you can tell that someone's going to win a case either when it was set to go to court end of um, 2001 and it was December 19th, 2001, he disappeared. So I'm like, how far were we down the road in this court case? Because I tell you what, I just sat through the Johnny Depp Amber Heard situation and we didn't tell who's going to win. No idea. The judge said things in both favor of Johnny and Amber and that. And we all just were sitting there like, I have no idea what's going to (laughs) go. What's going to happen. Um, as I said earlier, in 2004, Johnny Depp would sign over his share of the Viper Room to Tony's daughter, Constance, who sold it in 2008. So, Paul... I Barretti, get why it's suspicious, mm-hmm. though, if you're in any kind of, like, court case and you go missing. Like, that's mm-hmm. oh, pretty yeah. suspicious. Yeah, for sure. Paul Berezzi was a private investigator hired by Amber Heard um, for this upcoming court case that happened in the spring. Um, and she, he was hired in order to dig up some dirt on Johnny's name and to see if another woman had been beat by him so um he interviewed over a hundred of johnny depp's former associates i swear this ties in i know i sound this sounds totally out of left field but he interviewed over a hundred of johnny's former associates and even spoke um all of them spoke very highly of johnny and despite uh paul's meticulous sleuthing he was unable to find another woman past of johnny depp that was ever abused by him in fact, the only thing he said he had proof of after looking at everything in Johnny's life was that Johnny Depp was being taken advantage of by his own people hand over fist. He was footing the bill for everything from their rent to house payments, car payments, and even their own legal fees. Statements obtained by Paul from the Ventura Police Department dispute that Johnny Depp was ever involved in Anthony Fox's disappearance. So he's he started looking into this uh, probably for Amber, honestly. And now he's done a few interviews about what he found on it from looking at these documents. Um, hmm. Mm-hmm. So on the day, it's very interesting. Um, and I wonder too, like, do they I think that any of the other business partners were involved? I mean, like, I know Johnny Depp's like this celebrity because they keep saying mm-hmm. like, and business partners, but it's suspicious. It's not like unheard of that someone would go missing when there's like a court case um on the yeah. or money on the line like a business on the line yeah so, so they cleared mm-hmm. johnny depp but like is it still suspicious are they suspicious it is of the other bar- business partner? they call it an endangered missing person case so mm-hmm. yes they they definitely mm-hmm. believe he is dead um and that harm came to him creating him to you know yeah. pass um but yeah i don't know like he had a lot of financial problems a lot mm. of financial problems that his mother would continually bail him out of. He is actually a United Kingdom citizen, um, had moved over 
to the U.S., started a life over here. His family actually comes from money over in the United Kingdom. Um, his grandfather was a renowned botanist who advised the royal family on tree planting in the palace ground. I know. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And his mother, Maud, owned an apartment in Kensington, which we know is one of the most exclusive places yeah. in London to live. And it was stuffed full of rare and expensive antiques and artworks and all of that. So supposedly after moving to the United States, his mother disapproved of his entire lifestyle. I mean, he owns this club, all of that, Mm -hmm. but she'd continually bail him out of financial difficulties, which were many. And those who knew him said that he was in frequent financial turmoil. According to the documents that Paul secured, none of his British relatives were questioned concerning his disappearance at all. Yeah. This guy's got like, uh, what's the saying? Mo money, mo problems. Like he's mm-hmm. got a lot of suspicious people. I mean, like he's he's got a, too much money and too many problems to investigate. Honestly, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, of- and then when you think of it too, like I don't know how they got money or like how drugs came into that club, but that could also be an avenue to look in. Is like how yeah. were drugs getting? Were there drugs being like? Were there deals going on? Like it seems like there was a lot of shady stuff happening over in the Viper Room that he's running. So at, along with Johnny, but it just there's a was lot. Was he of like stuff. there all the time? He's like the manager on duty of the. Club. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So here's a few things that Paul dug up on or around the day that Anthony disappeared. He sent his mother a letter, the contents of which she refused to divulge to his brother, Charles. And it's suspected that the letter may have contained vital information on what happened to Tony. Hmm. There was also an answering machine from Fox's home that was never, ever looked into by investigators and could potentially have had important clues as to where he went. Um, His legal case appears unlikely to have actually succeeded because of his financial difficulties that could have been used in court against him. Like, you're always in financial trouble. So I don't know why we're dealing, you know. So what's new? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Tony's wealthy British mother had allegedly helped him, like, perpetrate fraud and a former bankruptcy case that he was involved Mm. in. So there's a lot of shady business with money going on here. Now, what's really interesting is Tony's former wife actually reported seeing him in Santa Barbara six months after he'd vanished. What? I know. Did he, did he like disappear himself? That's what, though. So this is the question. So Judith claims that she saw him in Barnes and Noble, which I think is so funny. (laughs) 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 So it was in Montclair, California in June of 2002. He was sitting in a chair and reading a book. And she told um, Paul, the private investigator, that when the man saw her looking at him, he had this quote unquote look of terror in his face. He sprung up sprinted towards the exit like a bat out of hell according to her she stated that she ran actually after him saw him get into a white honda car which she followed for several blocks <laughs> what if it wasn't him this dude's like this lady's following me oh my god if someone follows you home from barnes and noble <laughs> <laughs> just trying to have your coffee and you're like holy you're shit like, I'm staring at me oh shit she's following me <laughs> Oh gosh, she took down his plate number when she reported it to police. They the car was apparently registered to a woman. She claims that he'd already done this disappearing act before. So Ooh. she I know. So she claims He's in money ha- trouble. He's probably he could be good at disappearing. Well, this is what she says when he would hit financial difficulties. Ah! Called it. Aha. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Um, he told her he would often try to leave the United States and return to the UK. And he said that if he ever hit a major one, he would do this and fake his own abduction. That was his plan. I know. So he actually did this one time when he hit financial difficulties. He cut her off contact with her, trashed his apartment, and just disappeared. But eventually, a few weeks later, she traced him to a woman's house. And oh, Judas suspects Noble. Yeah. And <laughs> Crazy. she mm -hmm, suspects he may have done something similar in this one. Hello, so, Cynthia. Cynthia. Dear cat. Anyways. So. That, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, so there's a lot of other people that are Avenue. suspicious. And mm -hmm. then also he himself is suspicious. Mm -hmm. He's like a Houdini. So, huh. I know. And his family members even confirmed that he was very eccentric and he was very interested in living off the grid as well. So maybe he is still alive and well somewhere. Who knows? Wow. Another interesting tidbit about that is Maud, his mother. She wrote a will. In the will. Is she alive? It, she died. No. So She's she fast. died. She died after he disappeared. And the will was written after he disappeared. She named him as the beneficiary and bequeathed his share of $1 million estate to his daughter should he not surface by a specific date. Should he not surface? She's like, he's not dead. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. His mother doesn't think he's dead. I'm telling you, it's the weirdest case. Like, I wish oh, more people were so looking strange. into this. We need to contact the department, like the Ventura Police Department, and get their their um, documents on this. Because I'm like, there's a lot going on here. Did it go to his daughter? Do we? Know we don't yet? know. We do not know. Because after a certain no time report. period, then it does go to his daughter. Like, yeah, yeah. It was said after 2000 surface. I know. So she died in 2004. And I think it was as of 2006, she could have um, received that money, but I don't know if she received it or if her father appeared and received it and claimed it. Kingdom. Yeah, we don't know. Interesting. Isn't it interesting? So there's a lot of avenues going on here. Yeah, so because I, you could like argue either side of that. You could be like, yeah. okay, well, she wants to like hold out hope because it's her own will. Or you could be like, no, she knows something or no, he's going to surface. Yeah, that's a lot of money to not know where it went. I'm there's got to be a record somewhere. Like there's got to be a record, and I don't know if the United States can subpoena. Like it's obviously, I feel like it's also not being as heavily investigated just because obviously his family doesn't seem that interested in finding him either. But is that because they're not interested because he's they know fine? where he's at? He's alive. That's oh like, my gosh, it's so interesting. It's very intriguing. So as of right now, still a cold case. Um, but they do say they're hopefully close to finding out who did or like what happened to him. But wait, they, isn't the like rumor rumor that he's in the walls? Yes. So the rumor rumor he's in the walls. Mm -hmm. So in the months following that this this happened, um, there were a lot of obviously rumors of what happened. So they there was either that he killed himself, he mm -hmm. disappeared off the grid, like we were just talking about, was a victim of a gang hit because there are known gang ties to the Viper Room even to this mm -hmm. day. There's a lot of seedy shit going on in the Viper Room. So perhaps someone took a hit out on him. Or did Johnny Depp create a hit and get bikers, this is the theory, to supposedly take a hit out on him? Bikers under the orders of Johnny Depp. Anyways, maybe. So the latter two scenarios have been widely discounted that he was a victim of a gang hit or a biker hit. They, they No one believes that. But did he yeah. run away? Did he kill himself? Or did someone kill him? 
Ooh. We don't know, but it is rumored that if Johnny Depp did kill him or one of his business associates did kill him, perhaps he is in the walls of the Viper Room and the Viper Room is to be demolished. Gonna be next torn year. down. So will we we'll find, find out the remains of Anthony? Cross Bob. that off the list or <laughs> yep. will this not will this be solved as of next year? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. And you will be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. And what I love about BetterHelp is that you can log into your account at any time and send a message to your therapist. And they respond with timely and thoughtful responses. And you can schedule your weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to sit at an actual therapist's office. You can do therapy wherever. I love it because they have such a broad range of things that they can talk about and are experts in. So if you feel like something's overwhelming you, like I know right now with me, content seems to be overwhelming me forever. I'm always distracted by the office or scrolling on TikTok for forever and not really paying attention to what's going on within me. So I feel like that's been super helpful. Yeah. And if it's not your match, they'll match you with someone else. So I know I had to try with one therapist and then I switched to another therapist that was a better fit for me. It's also way more affordable than offline therapy and financial aid is available for those who may need it. Join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health by visiting betterhelp.com slash ITT. That's better com slash ITT. And BetterHelp has a special offer for ITT listeners. You'll get 10% off your first month if you go to betterhelp.com slash ITT. Again, that's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash ITT. Um, Paul's statements regarding the Viper Room was, it's a can of worms. We can discount some of the more outlandish conspiracies like the wall theory, <laughs> but sure. the new information leads to more questions that need to be answered. So, yeah, like most plausible, mm -hmm. like, did he hit financial hardship again and, and peace out? Is he alive? That'd be so nuts if he surfaced. Wouldn't it be wild? I Wouldn't can't believe because be like this day and age, I can't believe someone could fake their own death and just like reappear somewhere. Yeah. But yeah. then there's like crimes that I've like watched you know, like documentaries on or whatever. And you're like, wow, they were, they had so many aliases that like no one mm -hmm. really knew who they were. So mm -hmm. it's kind of nuts. It's possible. I'm wondering off the list. You can't, you can't. I'm wondering on the spooky side of things, if once the Viper room is demolished, which I do feel sad about, I feel like it shouldn't be demolished, mm -hmm. but once the Viper room is demolished, will the ghost of the gang people that once were, or maybe the grocery store people, or <laughs> maybe Anthony Fox himself, will they inhabit the new dwelling? What's going to be there? What is it? Oh, like, um, I guess a real retail shops, a hotel, I guess they're demolishing like a whole, I know. Not needed. Keep the Viper room. I know. Shoot, I think. I know. So sad. But yeah, that's all I got on this case. Oh so, my gosh. I, I didn't know. know so much of that. I'm so glad you went through all of that because I know yeah, it's news to me. Now we have to go. Now we have to go. Oh, we have to go. <gasps> we have to. And I will say we definitely, I feel bad. I didn't send this, this script over to you ahead of time, but now we have more to talk about tomorrow on Patreon. So um, absolutely. And you know what else we have to go to and we have to talk about? Um, I just saw this come up today. October 11th, Jeff Beck and Johnny Depp live oh, in concert. New Jersey, really New go. Jersey, put on your New calendar. Jersey. New Jersey. Let's freaking go. Oh. That would be so much fun. We have to see him. 
We have At to. Least some, we have to go. Someone please go. Mm-hmm. I want to go. Yeah. Got to go see them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those old right, men playing th- guitars. <laughs> like Amber well, Heard said. Th- <laughs> well, well, whatever. Um, The thing is, like, he's not, like, touring. He's not, like, a band band touring, touring forever or something. Like, I know. He does. There's always, like, a, yeah. Like, it's just mm-hmm. appearances. So, um, go. what do you think of the wine? So good. It's actually one of my favorites that they've sent. I like this one. I think it just is so smooth and so easy. So mm-hmm. thanks, Jen Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Rocking it like a redhead. That's why we chose it too, because um, like rock, get it? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> get it, got it, you got it. <laughs> I forgot to tell you the price point. Seriously, this is like mm-hmm. under $20 through if you're an angel, if you're a member Yay. of Naked Wine. So super affordable mm-hmm. and I'd say delicious. I like mm-hmm. it. And right now, if you speaking of deals, if you want more content from us, just five dollars on Patreon, you can come over and see us. We do live questions and answers weekly. We're doing some backstage content. Um, gosh, what else are we doing? Some live? and I don't know if you're excited, but I'm super excited. I'm so excited to talk because we always get comments like say on YouTube or in Instagram, and it's like I'm just so excited to talk with all of you guys because we continue our conversation, and I know you guys have so many questions after too. And ugh, a Patreon's yeah. a perfect place for that. So. So super excited for our Q&A's. Yeah. Well, until next time. Next time. Cheers. Cheers. A Huda Media Production.